summary of the Sicha. At the end of the parasha, tells the story of Zimmer ben Soli that took a, a Midianite woman and he had a, an illicit relationship with her and Pinchas came along and he killed them both. So the, the Gemara says that Zimri brought this Midianite woman in front of Moshe and he said to Moshe Rabbeinu, this woman is permitted to me or not? And if you'll say that she's not permitted, who gave you permission to marry your wife? She's also a Midianite woman. Moshe Rabbeinu did not have the uh, capacity, he didn't, wasn't able to answer, the, uh, he blanked on the answer. And so the Pinchas came along and he said, didn't you tell me that if a, uh, if a Jewish man has a relationship with a non-Jewish woman, the a zealot is allowed to kill him. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, the one who read, the one who read out the, uh, the, the judgment should be the one to do it. So Zim, uh, Pinchas went ahead and killed her. What is with the answer to the question of uh, what about Moshe Rabbeinu's wife? She was also a Midianite. So of course the answer is that Moshe married her before Matan Torah. Then everybody was a Ben Noyach. All the Yidim were still a Ben Noyach. So he was permitted to marry her. Then when they, when Matan Torah occurred, so just like all the Yidin became Jewish, they converted to Yiddishkeit, so also Tzipayra, she also converted to Jewish, to become Jewish. So he was married to a Jewish woman. But the question is, what was Zimri saying? That, the ans- that answer is so obvious, and Zimri was no ordinary person, he was the leader of the tribe of the Shevet Shimon, so he knew this kind of, uh, of response. What was he trying to say? And also, why don't we find that somebody answered the answer to Zimri? The, the, the answer is left hanging. Nobody gave the answer. Some of us want to say that when it says that Moshe Rabbeinu blanked on the answer, he was blanking on this answer. That's what he, he couldn't come up with the answer. The difference between him and Zimri, because of before Mount after Mount but that's very difficult to say. Because that's such an obvious answer. Is it really possible to say that Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't come up with that? If you say something obscure uh, uh, that about a kanoim peigimba, it's really not a halacha that you paskin. So that that's possible, but on the front and center of Yiddishkeit is not something that Moshe Rabbeinu would have blanked on. And also, why would Zimri think that Moshe Rabbeinu would forget something so obvious that he was presenting this kind of a challenge, which is easily rebutted? So why would he ask such a question? Another question that we have to ask is. The din is that a, uh, a Kayan is not allowed to marry a converted, a, a, a convert. A converted woman he's not allowed to marry. The reason is because um, the, the, the non-Jewish world was very much steeped in immorality. So it was taken for granted that every woman, even young women in those days, was taken advantage of. And therefore they had the legal status of a zayna, somebody that was with someone in a way that they were not permitted to be. So the Akain is not allowed to marry a zayna, and therefore he's not allowed to marry a giyayas. So it's a Torah law that he's not allowed to marry a giyayas. Now we find in the Gemara that Moshe Rabbeinu was a Kayan. Kayan Godel. There's a Machlaikis in the Gemara, whether he was a Kayan for his whole life, that one, and, and, and it's only his children, it didn't carry over to his children, but he himself remained a Kayan for his whole life. Or only for the seven days of the inauguration of the Mishkan, only then was he a Kayan. But he was a Kayan. So the question is, as a Kayan, how is he permitted to marry the daughter of Yisrael, who was a Giyayiris? How is he allowed to marry her? 
And if you should want to answer the question, that the question one answers question two. You want to know what Zimri's uh, challenge was? It wasn't that he was married a shiksa. She was a convert. His challenge was, you're a kayan. How could you marry a, a convert? And the fact that he compared it to his situation was only because you're saying that I'm not allowed to be with this woman because she comes from the immoral, you know, Midianites. But your wife comes from the same immoral Midianites, which is the reason that a, a Kayan is not allowed to marry a Giyaris. So therefore there is some relationship between the two, and that's what he was challenging him. That sounds like a good answer. However, so then what is the answer to that question? We don't find anywhere that it's, anybody gives an answer to that question of how Moshe Rabbeinu was allowed to marry a Giyaris. And perhaps we could answer it in this way. The Gemara says that Moshe Rabbeinu did three things on his own initiative. It's things that Hashem didn't tell him to do, but he did it anyway, and Hashem agreed with him. One of them is that he separated from his wife. And even though separation is not enough, Akain is not allowed to be married to her at all. But we find that Rashi actually calls it a divorce twice. He says, Gerish is a Gerisha. He, he divorced her, so it was clear that Moshe Rabbeinu divorced Sipaira, and therefore by the time the story of Zimri came along, he was no longer married to her. He was divorced from her, and therefore there wasn't really a problem. And what's the reason that he didn't answer? Why didn't he respond to uh, Zimri and say, I'm not married to her? Why didn't he say that? The reason he didn't was because this was a, a, a secret. Nobody knew about this. Even his own sister Miriam didn't know about it. She only found out because Tzipayra let it slip that when there were two people, the elder, the maida, that began to prophesy, she sort of blurted out that, oh my God, these, the wives of these people, now they're going to separate from them like my husband separated because they're Nevi'im. So she let it slip that she was divorced from Moshe. Even Miriam didn't know. That's how she found out. So why didn't Moshe Rabbeinu tell it to anyone? Because this was a decision he took on his own, says the Gemara. And so he didn't want to make a big thing of it. He didn't want to, you know, holier than thou, I divorced my wife, Hashem didn't even tell me to do it, and I did it anyway. And he did it because of a holy reason, uh, because he always spoke to Hashem, and so on. So, <clears throat> because he didn't want to brag about it, he was an honor, he was a very humble person, so therefore he didn't say anything, he didn't respond. But really, this doesn't work, this answer, first of all, because Rashi doesn't agree with what the Gemara, or at least, in, of course, he agrees with the Gemara, but it's not in Pshutosh Mikra that Moshe Rabbeinu divorced, uh, divorced his wife of his own initiative. Rashi says that Hashem told him to do that. Amarti Hashem said, how could you talk about my... Uh, he said to Miriam how could you talk about him I told him to get divorced so if Hashem told him that there's no issue anymore of keeping it a secret of uh, humility he did what Hashem told him that's not a reason to keep it secret but in addition to that the reason that we are being told that Moshe Rabbeinu divorced his wife was because he was a prophet and he was always had to be available to Hashem as Hashem said to him you you stand here with me, meaning to say, you must always be available to me. Whenever I want to speak to you, I have, you have to be available. Therefore, he had to be separate, uh, divorce his wife, because he couldn't go to the mikveh. You know, in situations, he has to go to the mikveh. He couldn't do that. So Hashem told him to be available always. So that's the reason he divorced his wife. Not because he was married 
to a Giyaris, if he was, it was an, an issue with a Kayim being married to Giyaris, it has nothing to do with Nevuah. The Allah says that he's not allowed to be married to her. So the explanation is, the Mishnah tells us that if a Kayin Hedyet, an ordinary Kayin who's permitted to marry a, a widow, which a Kayin Gadol is not, but he made Kedushin to a widow, which was perfectly permitted, and then he was appointed Kayin Gadol. Now the question becomes, is he allowed to follow through with the marriage as a Kayin Gadol? He's not allowed to marry a widow, or does he have to... Is he allowed to or he's not allowed to? And the Mishnah says he is permitted to. He can conclude the marriage and they can live together happily ever after. Why? Because the Pasuk says, Psulim me'amav yikach isha. He shall take a wife, that, a first marriage, he shall take a wife. The word yikach isha means kiddushin. That is a, it's a euphemism in the Pasuk for kiddushin. So the Pasuk, the, the Mishnah says, the Pasig is telling us that if he does Kiddushin in a permitted way, then he's allowed to conclude the marriage as well. The Torah is saying that a Kayan Godel is not allowed to start Kiddushin with an Almana. But if he's already, engaged, he's already semi-married to her through Kiddushin, then he's allowed to conclude the marriage as well and they can live together. How much more so in the case of Moshe Rabbeinu, not only did he do Kedushin to his wife Tzipayda before he was a Kayan, he even married her before he was a Kayan. He lived together with her for many years before he was a Kayan. So of course he's allowed to continue to be married to her. And if you should want to ask the following question, when did Moshe Rabbeinu get married to Tzipayda? Before Matan Teira. That's when he married her. What happened at Matan Teira when Hashem said that this is the way that Jewish people get married? Everybody had to get married again. It would seem because, as we know, that, that uh, when two people, a husband and a wife, both convert to Yiddishkeit, to Judaism, they have to go through marriage again. They have to have a chuppah kedushin because they never had it. So therefore, every Yid after Matan Torah had to have a new marriage, including Moshe and Tzapayda. So how, after Matan Torah, he would have had to marry her now. How is he permitted to marry her? He's a Kayan. And she's a Giyotis. So first of all, the answer could be because Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't a Kayin yet after Matan Teir. He only became a Kayin by the Shiva Sumeyam which is uh, nine months later. So he could have gotten married before that. And in addition to that, <clears throat> there's a passage that says that the, uh, the describing the marriage of Amram and Yecheved, it says, He took the same word, Yikach. So the Gemara says, that Vayikach means that he did it through Kiddushin. He did it in the legal way, the way the Torah says that it should be done. In other words, that even before Matan Torah, in Mitzrayim, they were already getting married through Chuppah Kiddushin. They were already doing it then. Which answers an interesting thing. The Rambam says, in describing how the Torah developed, there was mitzvahs before and the mitzvahs later, he says that um, Amram had additional mitzvahs in Mitzrayim. And everybody asks, what kind of mitzvahs did Amram have in Mitzrayim? Where do we find that Amram had any more mitzvahs than Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov? And the, the Rambam must refer, be referring to this, that he did Chubh the way the Torah describes it, as the Gemara says. So therefore, there was no need for the Yidin to get married again after Matan Torah, because they had already done Chubh before Matan Torah too. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't remarry to Torah. They were already married, so therefore he remained married, which is permitted. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu was permitted to continue to be married to Torah. 
then why did Zimri ask such a... Uh, why did he... What was he asking? The answer could be simple that Zimri, this is all Yikach, is a Teresh of Alpeh. How do you know that that's what Ki Yikach, Yikach Isha means? The Mishnah says that it means that if he already did Kedushin, he's allowed to uh, do Nesuyan. Zimri said, where does that say? I, I don't agree with that. So he was saying, Giyaris uh, uh, is not allowed to marry a Kayan, period. And that's what his challenge was. Why didn't Moshe Rabbeinu answer? Because the halacha is that when a rav is asked a question, which he has to rely on something that he was told, and he can't show it to you in black and white, he's not believed if he's personally involved in the matter. If it's something that affects him, then he can't, we don't believe in that. So Moshe Rabbeinu would have to say, when it says, Yikach uh, Isha, it means, Hashem told me personally that it means that if he started, he's allowed to continue. We, would, we can't believe him about that because he can't show it anywhere and therefore he wouldn't be able to answer that question anyway. The Rebbe takes a lesson from this, that sometimes a question that is asked, there's no reason, there's no need to answer it. The person that is asking the question is not really interested in the answer. What he's trying to do is get you to believe that you're allowed to marry a Midianist. That's the point of the answer. If he has a legitimate and honest question, sincere question, then even if it's a foolish question, you should answer it. But if he's trying to uh, misdirect, then you don't answer. What you do is you respond with strength. What kind of response? You go ahead and you do what needs to be done. Not get into a debate. You do what has to be done as it says that when the Yetzirah tries to distract you, drag him into the base medrash. Don't get into a debate. Just go do, some, don't, go do a mitzvah. That's the response. As Pinchas did, he didn't get into a debate with Zimri. He went in and killed him because that was what was required at the time to defend the honor of Hashem. The Rebbe relates it to Yud Beis Tamas, which usually comes out in the week of Bolok, that the Friedrich Rebbe also had that, he had that stubbornness and to go out, and even with serious nefesh, and it was dangerous, and he did all that, not, um, he wasn't phased by anything, he just went ahead and did what had to be done, in a similar way to what is described here.